Hey, Christmas is right around the corner. Are you excited about that? I tell you, if, 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 we, if all of us go out and buy three to four gifts, two for mom, two for dad, we won't have to worry about those 400 gifts that we're going to be needing for breakfast with Santa. We have less than two weeks. Why don't we do it this week? So right now, while you're just sitting, why don't you just decide, hey, you know what? I think we're going to go out and we're going to get four gifts, $10, $12 a piece. It might be a little bit of a sacrifice, but it is well worth it. And God will bless you in the process. And so we're excited about Breakfast with Santa. We're excited about you and your family. I have company coming in. And so I don't know if you have company coming in or if you're traveling. But this is a wonderful time of the year. And starting next week, we're going to be doing a series about how Jesus came down and appeared. And what happened to our world and how our whole world was transformed because of the grace of God. And when, when Emmanuel, Jesus, came and dwelt among us. And so we're excited about that. We're ending our series in Titus this week. And as we started, we were talking about the, you know, this book of Titus. And so if you want to, you can open up your Bibles to Titus chapter 2. We're going to be at the end of chapter 2 and the beginning of chapter 3 today. And all we want to do is talk about the grace of God today. And Titus is going to introduce that idea to this island. So you can see it right here in the middle of our map. This is the island of Crete. Right here in the Mediterranean, and, and they had decided to become pirates. And this island was taken over by pirates. And so anyone who wanted to pass through these shipping lanes and do trade back and forth all over the sea had to go around Crete. And they just destroyed all commerce and trade. They would take these ships captive. They would take the people captive. They killed a lot of them. They took all of their stuff if they left survivors, they made sure that they never came back to haunt them. And so that's how, you know, the island of Crete was operating. When Paul gets there, this city, this island had already been isolated. Nobody else would do trade with them. And they made sure that all of their ships stayed far away. And they said, we can drive these people out. They have limited resources and they're not going to survive. And so they stayed away, and this island started to dry up. The 90 proud cities were now down to 40 small villages, and they were all at war with each other. The resources were scarce. And the only thing they knew to do was, if I want to have, I have to take from you. And so now... It's just the strongest that are going to survive. And they have watched this island and its resources and all the people dwindle down to next to nothing. They all know something has to change. But they don't know how to do it. Paul gets there and sends Titus. And he says, these people are despicable. They are liars. They're greedy it's only about money. They only care for themselves. And if this island and its people are going to survive, they need to be introduced to Jesus. And so we have to transform them. We have to turn these pirates into elders. We have to create a system. And this is what we talked about last week, where we teach new behavior. As for you, Titus, chapter 2, verse 1. Promote the kind of living that reflects wholesome teaching. 
And so he starts and says, okay, there's a role for everybody. If we're going to live differently, if we're going to do things differently, if we're just going to survive, we have to start thinking differently, acting differently, and treating each other differently. And so he told them, men, we've got to live blameless lives. And older men, you have to set the example. And older, men, older women and younger women and younger men, you know, they only had one thing, right? We, we didn't want to overload the younger men. And so we talked all about that last week. And they're trying. They're doing the best they can. But all they know how to do is fight. And so now they're looking for a new set. Okay, so I'm going to give my life to Jesus Christ. Who's in and who's out? Who's going to do this and who isn't? And they're still trying to operate by law, by rules. They had a pirate's code that they lived by. And so now they're arguing about, are you going to be justified by circumcision and old sacrificial and old ceremonial laws? And they're saying, law does not work. And so you get all these guys, to borrow a picture from a movie, and they're coming into your small group. They walk into your home and they got their swords and they're all mad and nothing's working. And they're saying, okay, so just how do we do this? Now, how do you turn these guys into God-loving, church-attending, you know, cake-baking, neighbor-hugging people? A whole lot of prayer. And so Titus, it's almost like he sits back and he says, well, well before, I, before I can introduce you to how it really works right, we first have to ask, is what you're doing working, yes or no? I mean, I've watched your island go from 190 cities down to 40 small villages and civil wars all over your island. People are scared to death. You've now killed off everybody you didn't care about. And the only ones left are your friends and family. And you're still fighting. How's that working for you? How does it work for you to shove your own way on everybody? To not want to change. To discard relationships that you don't care about if that's what benefits you the most. How's that working? To be so selfish, so self-centered, to where you only care about you. You want to win every argument. And if somebody comes up and says, well, you know, you did that or you said that and hurt me and, and I didn't. And you're like, I don't care. You deserve, right? I mean, just how's that working? It's not okay. Then if you're going to look for a different standard, I want to introduce you to the grace of God because it's the opposite of how you've been living now for me personally I feel like the book of Titus is the most simple and, and greatest uh, maybe symbol or book that we have in the New Testament teaching us about the grace of God because when we understand the background and these guys looked like this and they acted like this and they were all pirates and they were killing each other, all, just, just you're, you have to end, stop. You have to lose for me to win. And then you're going to introduce the grace of God. You can see how different it is from the way that we've been living. Sometimes people are like, the grace of God, how does that work? You know, because it, it, you know, maybe it's like, hey, God's just giving you grace. So I can just keep living the way I've been living. 
God just forgives me, right? No, because it won't work. It didn't work, and it won't continue working. This is going to require you to completely change your life if we're going to do this. So, he says, chapter 3, at one time, let's just, let's just think about this. Okay, a bunch of pirates, just sit down. At one time, we too were foolish, disobedient, deceived, enslaved by all kinds of passions and pleasures. We lived in malice and envy, being hated and hating one another. And they're all sitting there going, oh, that's right, isn't it? <laughs> we had a lot of fun, didn't we? <laughs> Well, we were, we were sure we're foolish. Can you remember that time over when we, <laughs> right? Was, oh, my goodness gracious. We've had some good times. Have I'll drink to that, right? And so they're just like, and they're like, this is, whoa, 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 whoa. That's who we were. That's who you were. But something changed. It, it didn't work. You used to sit around and laugh about how you stole from people and now you have a lot but nobody else lived but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared something has now changed and if Jesus is now going to appear in your life if Jesus is going to show up everything changes so like okay then just how do we do that number one this is, I'm just wanna, oh, I just want to talk about how grace works today. Number one, it begins with relationship. Because, you see, these pirates, they didn't care about relationships. And when you don't care about relationships, nobody wins. And so it begins with relationship. And in our case, relationship with God, relationship with the one who brought God down to earth and took us home to be with him. So now, if I'm going to talk about how it begins with a relationship, I don't even really want to start with Titus. We really need to go all the way back. Because remember, these guys have been living under a pirate's code. They had their own rules. And their rules worked for their ship. But it didn't work for anybody else that they came in contact with. Our ship will win when everybody else loses. And so it's like, okay... Well, your relationship has to be not just here, but it has to be here. How, how do you make sure everybody else wins and you win in that process? So they didn't know how that happened. So I want to start here. Do you remember back in Exodus? Let me put this on. So you can read. You just don't look at your notes right now. How many of you can quote all of the Ten Commandments? I don't even see one hand that has gone up. How many of you know, have, how many of you have heard about the Ten Commandments? Okay. Okay. It surprises me that nobody really can quote all of them. We're like, oh, okay. I mean, we can quote about four. Well, let's see. Don't kill somebody. Don't steal from them. Don't, uh, don't commit adultery and don't lie or bear false witness. We can get about four. And sometimes we can remember, remember the Sabbath day. Right? Honor. We're up to six. We typically forget about the first four. And, and listen, God is a, he's trying to show us how that 
rules don't work. And even from the very first time when he brought the law, he explained to us that that's not how it works. Look at the very first thing he said. And God spoke all these words. I am the Lord. Say this word. Your God who brought you out of Egypt and out of the land of slavery. And then he gives them the first four. I don't have any other gods before me. Don't make for yourself any graven images. Don't misuse the name of the Lord your God. Take the Lord's name in vain. And remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy. But it all starts right here. I am the Lord your God. I choose you. I choose you. Not because you've earned it. Not because you deserve it. Not because you're better than the rest of the world. But I choose you. You're in. You're with me. You belong to me. And because of that relationship, everything else is going to have to change. Because I don't treat people that way. My love is not conditional, up and down, depending on the day. I am with you, I am for you, and you are now with me, and you get to choose that. Now, the difference between the old law and the new law is God said, here's a nation. I'm going to make them the, the, the land of Israel, and it started with Abraham, and it worked all the way up through Moses. Now there's two million of them. God says, I'm your God, and you're my people. And they're like, we don't feel like you're people. We don't even know who you are. And God had the hardest time getting them to be obedient because they didn't necessarily feel the relationship. So God said in the New Testament, when Jesus came, you get to decide if you want Jesus in your life or not. So it begins with choice, and your first choice is not do you want to follow all of God's laws. Your first choice is do you choose God the way he chose you? This is the beginning of grace. And Titus says it this way, it begins with relationship, for the grace of God has appeared that offers salvation to all people. This is when the grace of God appeared. For those of you who can't see it online, it is, uh, it, it's a manger scene. It's all what we're going to be talking about all this Christmas, about how Jesus, God came down in the form of a baby. And that relationship changes everything. The grace of God appeared. And so when you choose that relationship, now it offers salvation to all people. Hey, pirates, when you're going out and you're interacting with everybody and you're coming over to take over a ship, what are you offering them? Well, nothing. <laughs> it's what I'm going to take from them. Okay, from now on, when people see you coming... You're bringing them salvation, and it's for all people. It's not just for your ship. Because if I leave you alone, if the grace of God does not come in, you know, into this place, onto that island, it's going to get down to whoever was the strongest, and nothing else is going to be left. And nobody wins. But the grace of God, because of this relationship, because he chooses me, because of what he's doing for me, you know, now... It's appearing, and out of that relationship, salvation comes, and it's for everybody. It's not just for me. That's where it begins. So for you today, you have to decide, do I want the grace of God in my life, yes or no? Do I choose God? And if I choose God, that means every relationship in my life should be affected positively.
I'm no longer trying to win all my arguments with you. I'm no longer at the place where I don't even care about you. I'm not at the place any longer where I can live my life and dismiss you. Because I have chosen God the way he chose me. And I'm going to offer the same salvation to everyone that he has offered me. That's the beginning place of grace. And where does it go from there? Number two, out of relationship comes obedience. Out of relationship comes obedience. This has always sort of been the tension with grace. You know, do, is, is, am I going to get to go to heaven because of all the good things that I've done? No. You can't earn salvation. You know, well, because God has given me grace, can I just keep on living, doing anything that I want? No. Why not? Why not? I mean, if his grace covers everything, why can't I live any way that I want to live? Taking advantage of God's love. It's no longer about you. And so he says, okay, the grace of God teaches us. The grace of God, it's the grace of God that's now showing, demonstrating, teaching, instructing me to say, and there's the two sides of this coin, no to ungodliness and worldly passions and the positive side to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in this present age. So now the grace of God is going to teach me a little differently. So I don't even know how to explain this necessarily except that, uh, you know, I wish I had my, you know, my son or my daughter. Or I wish my grandson. I have a new grandson. Have I told you all about that? I, okay. So uh, he's just now learning to laugh. He's cooing and all that kind of stuff. It's, uh, I, it isn't being a grandparent the greatest. So, so one day I'm going to be walking with Brooks. And we're going to be, you know, just kind of walking down the road. And we're going to see somebody. And, and they're going to be over. And there's going to be a huge old mud puddle. And Brooks is going to say, oh. To go push them down in the mud. And I want to say, oh, you know what? Let's not do that. <laughs> why, why not? It'd be so much fun. Yeah, it'd be fun for you. Wouldn't be so much fun for them. So I don't think we ought to do that. Let's, let's not do that. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then we're going to fall. And then we're going to see somebody who fell down and they're crying and they're hurt. Say, so, hey, why don't we go over and help them? Why don't we start doing this and let's stop doing that? It begins with relationship. I was watching, I was in the back. We had a, we, we do part of the worship, you know, in the back for all the workers who are fantastic people. And I was watching and Laura was there, Laura Welch and her son, Jackson. And, and she had her arm around him and they were just singing and they were worshiping. And I'm like, man, right there's the grace of God. He belongs to her, and she belongs to him. And they're just, you know. Now, she also cleans our building. So sometimes she'll be doing stuff, and she'll say, no, Jackson, let's not do that. <laughs> and he'll say, Mom, can I do? Yes, you can. You can go do that as much as you want. That's the grace of God, right? That we're just walking through life, and God has his arm around you. And all the things that you wanted to do. Hey, can we go rob that ship and steal all their stuff? You know what? <laughs> Let's not do that. Right? Well, these people are hurting. They need something. Can we go do something for them? Yeah, you, 
you do all. The grace of God teaches you how to live differently. But it comes out of that relationship. And that's what it looks like. That's what it feels like. And so as Jesus is walking with you, he's instructing you, stop doing some of the things that destroyed people's lives. Stop running after all your worldly passions and let's start being controlled, living godly in this present age. How long have I got to do that? While we wait for the blessed hope, the appearing of our Lord, the great God and Savior Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all wickedness and purify himself as special people eager to do what is good. Until Jesus comes back, that's how we're going to live. Now, just side note, when I was studying this, I was amazed that that's one sentence. The grace of God in one sentence. I'm like, I don't know enough English. I do not know how to construct a sentence that long that makes that much sense, that covers that much ground. But one sentence in your Bible, Titus chapter 2, and really this is like, woo! That's, it covers a few verses, but it's one sentence on the grace of God. Let God put his arm around you. You belong to him. And let his voice in your ear say, stop doing those things that you've been doing. And start living this way. And let it continue all the days of your life. And then it says, and to purify himself. He says, God is doing this to purify for himself a special people eager to do what is good. Now, this word, that it, for in our English, we just have this word, you know, special. But the word picture that Titus was giving these people, it was a Greek word that said, okay, there's a special stash, a special treasure chest full of great stuff that God keeps for himself. And it says, and he's going to have for himself a special people eager to do what is good. And so what he's saying is, you used to go out and rob people. And the captain of the ship took all the special stuff for himself and gave you guys a little bit. But he says, from now on, I want you to see that God, who should be steering the ship of your life, his greatest treasure is not what is taken, what is received. It's not money. It's not it is you. You are his greatest treasure. And he is eager to help you do what is good. So, it begins with relationship, and that relationship leads to obedience. And then number three, it requires both rebirth and renewal. And so, when, you're, when they start asking, chapter three, but when the kindness and love of God our Savior appeared, he saved us, not because of the righteous things we had done. This is not about... You know, it, it is a change of behavior, but your behavior is, is not earning you anything. It's his mercy that is everything, right? So it's not, a, it's not really about you. It's about him. He saved us through, I love this, the washing, here's another sentence, and rebirth and renewal by the Holy Spirit. Whom he poured out on us generously through Jesus Christ our Savior. So that, having been justified by his grace, we might become heirs having the hope of eternal life. Two sentences in the Bible that give you everything you need to know about the grace of God. Now, rebirth and renewal. This one happens all at once. This one happens bit by bit. The washing of rebirth. How many of you have been baptized? 
Just raise your hand high and pray. Man, when God washed over you and you came up out of the baptism waters and you're soaking wet, your hair, everything, you're drenched in the amazing grace of God. And he wants it to, it's a symbol that he just chose that you're going to be just completely covered, completely soaked in the generosity of your God. Lavished, poured out on us generously by Jesus Christ our Savior. He's all over you. You're soaked in it. And that's the symbol of baptism. and 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 now you belong to God. And it's instant. Sins are forgiven instantly. Your past is done away with, forgiven and forgotten. No more by God. It's instant. But that doesn't mean that I'm a, I mean, I'm a new person from the inside out. I'm forgiven. Sin's washed away. But I still carry with me a bunch of old bad habits, don't I? How many of you carried bad habits with you into the future even after you were baptized? You can admit it because it's all of us. Or raise two hands if you know it's doubly true. And so the renewal of the Holy Spirit is a day-by-day Over and over. Nope, we're not doing that anymore. Nope, we're not doing that anymore. And before long, you'll say, okay, I'm not doing that anymore. But inside, I still want to. The cuss word may not have come out of my mouth, but guess what's running on in my head? Right? I may not have shook my fist at them, but inside, oh boy. That's the renewal of the Holy Spirit. And he's going to stay with you and he's going to keep transforming you until, won't this be a glorious day, you lose your desire to ever sin again. Who's the, anybody there yet? Anybody? Me either. Oh, I wish I were. I'm so grateful for the rebirth I'm so grateful for the washing, the pouring out of Jesus on my life. I'm so grateful that he's forgiven all my sin and that he's walking through life teaching me to say no to certain things and say yes to certain things. And I can't wait for the glorious day. I hope it happens. It may never happen, but I look forward to the day where I no longer care to ever sin again. What about you? And isn't that because of how much you love God and how much he loves you? Didn't that come out of that relationship? And so on that island, you know, Titus is trying to now teach these pirates. You have to start caring about all these other people that you've been destroying. You have to take all the stuff you took from them and give it back to them. God's going to instruct you to live differently from now on. And he's going to save you in the process, and he's going to stay with you bit by bit every day until you become like him. And that's what's going to save your island. Once you start being generous to all people, and you sacrifice your life so that they can be saved, then people will want to come rescue you. God is going to rescue you. Then people will want to start trading with your island again. Then people will draw in, and you'll be able to all celebrate in the goodness of God. The fighting will stop. 
The grace of God has appeared. Don't you want to be part of that? And so now, the grace of God on us is to be lavished out on the world. And if we're not lavishing the grace of God out on the world, then we're still not fulfilling what God has called us to do. He wants the world saved. I'm glad you're safe, but let the world be saved. And so, here are the lessons for us. And let's go back through all three of them, and then it will be done. Number one, if you throw away the relationship, you throw away everything. Relationship is everything. Your relationship with God is everything. You throw that away, you have nothing. I don't care how much you get for yourself in this life. You throw that relationship away, you have nothing. It is out of this relationship that if we have anything at all, it's by the grace of God. Amen? And that relationship should permeate everything. And it should teach you there's no relationship in your life that you should feel comfortable throwing away. So just pause. Whew. Because sin separates relationships, doesn't it? When we wound each other, we want to walk away. But relationship, reconciliation, the forgiveness of God means that I don't feel comfortable walking away from any relationship. Now, in God's case, he doesn't walk away from any relationship, although a lot of people walk away from God. And there may be people who walk away from you because they're not wanting to do what is right. And they'll give an answer for that. But in your heart, in your life, I want everyone to be saved. And that's the grace of God. Even before he made the world, God loved us and chose us in Christ to be holy and without fault in his eyes. God decided in advance to adopt us into his own family by bringing us to himself through Jesus Christ. It starts with relationships. You belong to God. You belong to God. And he belongs to you. And don't throw that relationship away and invite everybody else into it. Number two... People change behavior based on that relationship. That's just the truth of the matter. Has your not relationship, has your not uh, behavior changed because of relationship? Yes or no? If you love somebody and you marry them, don't you change your behavior? If you have a friendship with someone and you want that friendship to flourish, don't you change some of your behavior? It's the, just the truth. People change their behavior based on relationship. Well then, Romans 6 says, should we keep on sinning that God can show more and more of his wonderful grace? Yes, I accept the grace of God. Yes, I want him in my life. Yes, I want to be a Christian. Thank you for your amazing grace. I'm going to go back to just living my same old life now. I'm going to sleep with who I want to sleep with. I'm going to do what I want to do. I don't necessarily care how it affects anybody else. And God will just forgive me. True or false? You can't take advantage of the grace of God. If the relationship is real, the behavior will change. And if it doesn't, you've just shown everybody that you don't care about the relationship. So we, just, we can just go on doing whatever we want to do. No, of course not. I wish I could tell you how strong that is in, the, in Greek. It's almost like he's like, heck no. A little stronger than that. 
since we have died to sin, how can we continue to live in it? Or did you not say yes to Jesus? Did you not say yes to God? Or have you forgotten that you, uh, that when we were joined with Christ, uh, we were, or have you forgotten that when we were joined with Christ Jesus in baptism, we joined him in his death? You died of yourself. For we lived, we died, we were buried with Christ by baptism. And just as Christ was raised from the dead by the glorious Father, we also may have new lives. I'm quoting out of one translation, put another on the screen. Sorry about that. But it's just the same truth. That the behavior changes everything because of the grace of God. And then finally, it's going to require a belonging and a process. There is a decision that we're going to stand together no matter what. And there's the process of learning how to make that work. And it shows itself in all of our covenants. Marriage is a big one. But it's the grace of God that changes everything. And this is for your benefit so that grace that is teaching more and more people may cause thanksgiving to overflow of the glory of God. Therefore, we do not lose heart. Though outwardly we're wasting away, yet inwardly we are being renewed day by day. And God's not walking away from you, and he's going to ask you not to walk away from him. And let him renew and change you day by day. Tyler, you want to go ahead and come up? Worship team, if you want to come up. This is what I would like for us to do. We have communion set up on the front and in the back. And we pretty much leave it up to you every week. COVID changed everything. Before all of that, you remember we passed the trays. We shared in communion together. And it feels to me like we really haven't shared in communion together a lot since then. Out of safety and all of that, this is what I want to do today. 1 Corinthians teaches it. Hey, we wait for each other around communion. We can talk about that another day. But this is what I would really like to symbolize today. That here in just a second, come up and grab a cup and you can go back to your seat. You can stand wherever you want. You can get in a family. You can get with friends. But I want us to go ahead and grab our cups together. And then I want us to offer up one prayer to God and thank him for his sacrifice and his blood. And I want us to offer up another prayer and thank him for what he did. And let's share in communion together. This is a symbol for those of you who have already said yes to Jesus. That you believe that his death, burial, and resurrection washed away your sins and offered you the amazing grace that will take you home to heaven. If you have never said yes to that, then today really is an invitation for you to say yes to God. And if you want to symbolize that by participating with us in the taking of communion, it should lead you into a greater walk with Jesus. So if you want, I'm going to ask you all just to stand. Let's everyone just stand.